Well, 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 do I have something for you today. Hopefully you'll like it. Maybe you won't, but I've talked about these things over and over again. If you haven't yet seen my end time series, especially the episodes on the Mark of the Beast, the Counterfeit Spirit, uh, the Dark to Light episode, go check those out. I'll put them in the link uh, to the description of this. Hopefully this will be a lot shorter than some of those series. I mean, these end times things are very complex and we have to be very studious when we Look at end times events because there's a lot of deception these days. But today will be short. I promise I'm going to try my best to be short because this is just really one thing I wanted to cover. And that is Project 2025. Project 2025, we're going to pull it up here in a second, is a conservative, a very large conservative movement that's happening in the United States right now that's very worrisome if you understand, if you really understand end times events. If you're deceived by end times events, like most people are, with dispensationalism, with futurism, with pre- and post-millennialism, if you're a post-millennialist, you'll look at this, what I'm about to present you today, and you'll think it's a good thing. This is why this is so important. So I really highly recommend that you go and check out some of those previous episodes, or just check out the whole series so you're really familiar with end times views, with the various end times views, why each of them run into problems, and what a more nuanced, correct view of interpreting these things is because what's coming down the pipeline is going to deceive a lot of people. I've said this over and over again. I hope you're not one of them, but stay strong in the word and you won't be. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Project 2025. You can go to this yourself if you're listening. Check out project2025.org. Presidential Transition Project. It's got a nice picture of the White House here. Building uh, or actually this is not the White House, this is the uh, Congress, but building now for a conservative victory through policy, personnel, and training. Now, if you're like me, as soon as you see this language, you, there's just something that just kind of twists your stomach a little bit because you know what this is about. So Project 2025, we're going to learn about it in just a second, but I want you to see, let's go to the About section and let's go to the Advisory Board. Let's see who's involved with this. A broad coalition of over 70 conservative organizations has come together to form the Project Pillars. wonder what those pillars are. But if you look here, I mean, I'm not going to scroll through all this, but these are a ton of conservative organizations. So this is not just, you know, like a little thing in somebody's backyard that they're trying to start, some kind of grassroots movement on Facebook. This is a real, real deal thing. 70 conservative organizations are, and probably more will be added on as we move forward. They've put their efforts together into creating this thing, whatever this happens to be. We're going to check it out in just a minute called Project 2025. What is this about? Seems like a good thing, right? Because it's conservative and especially with all the liberal nonsense going on, the big bad deep state, the globalists are coming after you. So we need, we need to respond. If the left is coming, we need to respond with the right. Do you see the dialectic? Do you see what's going on? Hopefully you do, and hopefully you've seen some of those previous episodes that I've spoken on these things. But if you haven't, go check them out. This is a very big deal. Now let's go and see what they, they say. They say playbook. They're even giving you their playbook. Isn't that interesting how they always have to give it to you up front? That way, if you accept it, um, then... That gives them spiritual authority over you, but that's another can of worms. Okay, let's click on the PDF. This is a 920-page playbook, so we're not going to read the whole thing, obviously, 
but I want you to look at this. We're going to do a little search, control F, and we're going to look for Sabbath because it's in here. There it is. thought it wasn't for a second. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I just read this. Okay, here we go. 2025 presidential transition topic, Sabbath rest. I'm going to read this section to you, and I want you to see what you feel. And if not, we'll see if we can give you some extra information so you feel the right things. God ordained the Sabbath as a day of rest. And until very recently, the Judeo-Christian, that should be a red flag for you right away. There's no such thing as Judeo-Christian. Jews today are not the Israelites of the Old Testament. The Hebrew scriptures are very different from the Talmud, the Zohar, the Kabbalah, all these things that the Jews, modern day Jews practice and believe in today. These are traditions of men. They're not scriptures. So whenever you see Judeo-Christian, that should be a red flag for you. Judeo-Christian tradition sought to honor that mandate by moral and legal regulation of work on that day. Moreover, a shared, day of, a shared day off makes it possible for families and communities to enjoy time off together rather than as an atomized individuals and provides a healthier cadence of life for everyone. So it's the common good. If you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly who is behind this. Unfortunately, that com the communal day of rest has eroded under the pressures of consumerism and secularism. There's your big bad boogeyman again, the dialectic, which gives you justification for the incoming legislation. It's secularism. They're the ones to blame. So, of course, we need to fight secularism by legalizing behavior in the opposite direction, especially for low-income workers. Gosh, they hit you with the pain points. Congress should encourage communal rest by amending the Fair Labor Standards Act's FLSA to require that workers be paid time and a half for hours worked on the Sabbath. That's interesting. That day would default to Sunday. There it is. There's what we've all been talking. Not all of us, because not too many people are talking about this, but this is what we've been talking about. That day would default to Sunday. Why? Why is it Sunday? The Sabbath is Saturday. Except for employers with a sincere religious observance of a Sabbath at a different time. Well, wait a minute. If God commanded the Sabbath, you got to think critically now. If God commanded the Sabbath, what do you mean observance of a Sabbath at a different time? It doesn't matter that you observe the Sabbath on a Wednesday. The Sabbath's not Wednesday or Friday or Thursday. The Sabbath is Saturday. So either the Sabbath is Sunday or the Sabbath is Saturday. So they're recognizing that there's been a duality on this topic. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. I've proven this in my Sabbath series. I'm sorry to stop every so often, but just have to comment on these things. Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. This is a Babylonian deception. The Jews today that celebrate this, that's not how you celebrate the Sabbath. The, the day in the Bible always begins from sunrise to sunrise, from the greater light to the greater light, not from the darkness. Darkness doesn't begin the day. If you disagree with me on that, go check out the Sabbath episode. Please give me the benefit of the doubt and learn the truth. The obligation would transfer to that period instead. Houses of worship, to the limited extent they may have the FLSA-covered employees. Wait a minute. Why is houses of worship having to do with governmental regulation? You see the issues here? It's so interesting. An employer is legally required to operate around the clock, such as hospitals and first responders, would be exempt as would workers otherwise exempt from overtime. So you have the beast 
legalizing and telling you when to rest. Very interesting. Alternative view. While some conservatives believe that government should encourage certain religious observance by making it more expensive for employers and consumers to not partake in those observances, how expensive... I, let's stop here, another point to, to comment on. How expensive do they want to make it? Do you ever think about that? What does the Bible say? The Bible says that at the end of the end, we're in the end times, but at the end of the end, when the mark of the beast goes out, you will not be able to buy or sell. Is that an expensive consequence? Oh yeah, that's a very expensive consequence. That's that's the most, other than you know being killed, obviously, but materially speaking, that's a very expensive consequence. So this is what you have to start seeing through this language. It's snake talk. It sounds, it, you know, it's slithering around. It sounds good in your ear, and oh my gosh, they're they're doing it for the common good and all this stuff. But you have to read between the lines and see where this is going. Other conservatives, moving on, other conservatives believe that the government's role is to protect the free exercise of religion by eliminating barriers as opposed to erecting them. So now you have the good cop coming in where the bad cop was. Whereas imposing overtime rules on the Sabbath would lead to higher costs and limited access to goods and services and reduce work available on the Sabbath, while also incentivizing some people through higher wages to desire to work on the Sabbath. There you go, problem, reaction, solution. The proper role of government is helping to enable individuals to practice their religion, is to reduce barriers to work options and to fruitful employer and employee relations. The result, ample job options that do not require work on the Sabbath so that the individuals in roles that sometimes do require Sabbath work are empowered to negotiate directly with their employer to achieve their desired schedules. So what's the alternative view? The, the alternative view is, well, let's just make jobs, you know, available more, not on the Sabbath, so that that way the Sabbath is the day of rest. This is not the final iteration. So why did I choose to cover this for you? Because if you've seen my End Times episode on the Mark of the Beast, and it, look, if all this stuff is news to you, you've never heard anything like this before, the association of a day of rest to the Mark of the Beast, then go check out that episode. It's very informative. I promise you'll learn something. But if you have heard some of these things, if you're familiar with this topic, then you're also familiar with the beast, the Sunday law legislation throughout time as the beast has been in power. Now that beast is the institutionalization of Christianity, namely the papacy. And the papacy is behind everything, along with the Jesuits. Again, I'm not going to go into this because today I promised it would be short and I like to talk, but ultimately... You have to know your history. Since AD 321, that was, you know, 1700 years ago. Actually, a little more than 1700 years ago, exactly. That was the first Sunday law by Constantine. People had to rest on Sunday. It was illegal to work on the quote-unquote Sabbath, the, the secular Sabbath. That was 1700 years ago. Since then, you had Sunday laws throughout that time where they got increasingly more consequential if you didn't obey. Let's put it that way. You had the Inquisition. You had all kinds of Sunday laws where they were uh, punishing Sabbath keepers, people who were celebrating the Sabbath on Saturday, which is the seventh day. Ever since AD 321, Saturday has been the seventh day of the week. And the Jews celebrated on Saturday because they didn't want to basically aligned with Constantine, the Roman Empire, because he was a pagan. And the Christians who were aligning with that tradition 
and keeping the seventh day rather than the first day, which is Sunday, the day of the sun, those were punished as heretics. They were persecuted. They were ostracized. They were given economic sanctions. All the things that we've seen. This was 1,700 years ago. You had the Inquisition. And more recently, in 1888, you had Sunday law legislation that was tried to be passed for the same exact thing that you're seeing in this 2025 project. Look up that episode again, or look up uh, Alonzo T. Jones, Sunday legislation. It was a bill that was tried to be passed, and they failed. But for the same exact reasons, that we need to rest on Sunday. What do you have today? You have COP27. Of course, that was a couple, I think, two years ago, maybe. They're doing the COP summits now. They're up to 29 or whatever. But when they you know, smashed the 10 climate commandments on the fake Mount Sinai, and, you know, this whole Green Sunday movement. I covered this as well. Look into that. Sunday bank laws are already here. All the banks are closed on Sunday. The idea of a weekend. Well, the, the true weekend is Friday and Saturday. Look on your calendar. It's not Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. But the weekend has shaped people's understanding that Sunday is the day of rest. It's not. Saturday is the day of rest. It's the seventh day. All the Protestants of today worship, except for Seventh-day Adventists. I'm not an Adventist, but I, I do believe they're right about the Sabbath. All this, the Protestants already keep Sunday holy. Sunday's the day of rest. They have, you know, you have protested from the Mother Church, and yet so many things the Mother Church still has on you. And one of those things was the this keeping of Sunday holy. That was one of the things in the Council of Trent that they basically lost because the mother church said, look, if you're going to be with, with the Bible, then you have to celebrate Saturday. Don't keep Sunday holy. Of course, you can worship God on any day of the week, but the point is God said, rest six days work on the seventh day rest. That is the pattern. Not on the first day, not on the day that you choose to rest, not on Wednesday, not on Thursday, not on whatever day you want to keep as a Sabbath but on Saturday or the seventh day. He didn't say Saturday, but he said the seventh day. And of course, the seventh day for us has been Saturday for the last almost 2,000 years. So that's how we honor God is by resting on the seventh day. But if you are deceived on this topic and you don't know your history, you don't know that the Catholic Church has boasted that its authority and power lies in being able to, its mark of authority, there's a quote on, there's plenty of quotes on file for that. And go check out the episode, Sabbath, I'll link that as well. But it is boasted that the mark of its authority is that it's changed the solemnity of the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. That's her mark of authority, Mystery Babylon's mark of authority. Do you want to take that mark? The end times in Revelation describes a situation where People will be worshiping the beast and paying tribute to the beast, worshiping and falling in line. If you don't worship, then there'll be consequences. Now, look at this language in this 2025 presidential transition project, how they're looking to create consequences if you don't fall in line with this Sunday worship. History repeats itself, people. Please realize that. This is not... Conspiracy, this is not madness. I mean, it is madness, but it's not crazy talk. This is on the horizon. All the people that have been fooled by dispensationalism and focusing their eyes on Israel, 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 while the true problem is manifesting behind the scenes. If you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, you will be fooled and you will pay homage to the beast. 
because eventually it's going to start like this. This is a pretty aggressive PDF, but it's by no means the end. It's going to start like this. The deep state is the big bad boogeyman that's designed to push you into a conservative reality, a conservative Christian nationalist reality. This is the point. Why do you think they shove all this transsexual and, and gay pride and communism in your face? Why do you think they do that? It's all by the, de it's all by design. They control both sides, folks. They're shoving this in your face so that you, re ugh, you revolt and you go to the other extreme. The devil plays both sides. So he pushes this in your face. So you go into the other, what's the other extreme? Well, remember what's the enemy? Secularism. We talked about this in the French revolution episode and the art of war, the enemy of Christian nationalism, which was on the earth for over 1300 years as the papacy and uniting church and state. That was a, a real deal. That was the longest empire that's ever existed on earth is the papacy, this union of Christian, you know, the, the church and the state that's been around for a lo very long time and it's coming back. But in order to come back, it needed to create this duality. So it looks more appealing. And that started in the French revolution. It started in the French Revolution because French Revolution began atheism and communism and secularism. Secularism is the big bad enemy of Christian nationalism. And they have pushed these two things over and over and over again against each other in the last 150 years. And we are living in the culmination of these things coming together now. Where you are seeing this evil globalist empire and we the people have to stand up against it. And... We will win in some sense, right? The, the, the dark will be judged by the light, but the light is not the true light of Christ. The light is the false light of Lucifer. And the things that will seem good, like, oh, we're back to traditional values. We're back to religion. Well, who's in charge of that? It's going to be the Pope. It's going to be all nations, just like the Bible says in Revelation. And the kings of the earth will give their power to who? Mystery Babylon riding the beast. Mystery Babylon, the woman which is representative of a church who sits on seven hills. Rome is the only city of seven hills. Interestingly enough, Istanbul or Constantinople also has seven hills, but that was where Constantine started the church state union. Do you see how fascinating the Bible works? I mean, it's just, she wears mystery Babylon. What does she wear? She wear purple and red. Who wears purple and red? The bishops and the cardinals. Mystery Babylon is called the great city. Rome is called the eternal city. So look, the, the reformers knew what they were talking about on this topic. And we've gotten away from it and deceived by all these futurist ideas, which are all a product of the Catholic Church anyway, to distract you from the true Antichrist power. And that Antichrist power is working and working and working to slowly shape reality around itself as the virtuous source of peace and goodness. And it will come back. People will give their power to the beast. And that's what we've talked about. So keep your eyes peeled. Go watch some of those previous episodes. Like I said, the counterfeit spirit, the dark to light episode, uh, the mystery Babylon, the mark of the beast. All those things are good. The French revolution episode. They're all really, really informative because not too many people are talking about these things. These Sunday laws are nothing new. And people will think it's a good thing because they are deceived. That's why people are going to worship. People are not going to worship at gunpoint. People are going to worship because they marvel after the beast. That's what the Bible says. 
You don't marvel at, if somebody puts a gun here and say, go ahead, now marvel. Doesn't work that way, does it? You marvel because you want to, because you're deceived. Well, in this case, because you're deceived. If you marvel at God, you're not deceived. But you marvel because you are entranced by whatever you're marveling at. So when the Bible says that people are marveling after the beast in connection to this end time situation where they're worshiping and taking the mark, they're doing so because they want to. This is the thing. There's not some evil communist empire that's going to come after you. There's a much more evil Christian nationalist empire that's going to come after you and deceive you into thinking that you're doing service to God and that it's good to worship the beast. This is what's on the horizon. And part of that will be the Sunday Sabbath. There is no Sabbath on Sunday. The Sabbath is on the seventh day of the week. It always has been. And that seventh day of the week for us has been Saturday. So I hope this is informative. Keep your eyes peeled. If you have any questions, put them in the comments. I'll see what you guys thought on this because I think it's pretty obvious, especially if you read some of this language and you're familiar with all the things we've talked about. It's uh, it's crazy. But you know what? It's also good news because the Bible's true. And that means Jesus will return in this generation. I don't know when, but I do believe that we are in that generation where we are going to see some pretty crazy things, including the return of Christ. So Maranatha, hallelujah, and God bless. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for being here. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you want in-depth Bible studies, free resources, encouragement, or if you just want to get in touch with me, check out danceoflife.com. Until next time, God bless.